Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Payne Show. I am very excited about this conversation. I've been looking forward to it, Jesse, ever since we decided that we were going to sit down and just debrief, unpack, talk about the adoption ceremony. Ceremony? I don't know if the right... Yeah, it was kind of ceremony, yeah. Um, the Proceed. adoption day, yeah. adoption proceedings for our little boy, who we have been calling Baby D for the longest time. He's been with us for... 21 months and we have been calling him baby D, but he has a name and it's so fun to finally get to announce that and use that name online. And so Jesse, you want to tell his name? David Mateo. And what is so cool about this name is not only one, David in the Bible was Jesse's son. Also, David in the Bible, if you read the passages about him, he was the one who was kind of, I think the Bible even says small in stature. Like he was not the one that was chosen because you would have thought of him as like, oh, he's the one that's going to succeed. Strong. Like He wasn't strong. Yes. I think it's his ready look. Whenever the prophet went to um, anoint the king and he came to Jesse's sons in the Bible and it Jesse brought in all of his other sons. David was out tending sheep. And the Bible talks about how, because you wouldn't have chosen or thought of him as the one. And and I just, it, that's become really special to me because of thinking of we, you know, he's the one that maybe someone wouldn't look at him and say, wow, he's going to, you know, be this amazing person or something like that. I feel like with Down syndrome and his other medical complexities of cleft lip palate and having a feeding tube right now and just a lot of um, things that he's, hurdles that he has overcome in life already, being born at 27 weeks. Um, he just, I feel like that, you know, people would look at him and think, oh, he's probably going to struggle all his life. And yet we are already seeing him be such an overcomer. He is so strong and he just keeps defying all of the odds. And I just see God's hand on him in a special way. And it just kind of feels like he's anointed in a sense of that. He just is a gift to our home and to our life. So all of that to say, then the crazy thing is that his name that his mom gave him follows our predetermined boy's name pattern. Like, how crazy is that? Years ago, when Silas was born, we named him Silas Benjamin, and we decided that for the girls, they were going to be K names. For the boys, they were going to be Bible names. And so Silas Benjamin, and then also we kind of refined it even further to say, we're going to have it be a two-syllable and three-syllable. And I mean, that's pretty ridiculously detailed. But then there, oh, that was Micah. He's sleeping in the ergo. If you hear snoring or breathing. It's not me. (laughs) Are you getting tired of me talking, Jesse? But then we also 
decided on them being a five-letter name for the first name. name. Mm -hmm. And we just also realized that they all have an I and an A in them. Like, how crazy is that? We were talking this morning. Maybe there's another Bible name, but (laughs) like of all the names in the Bible, are there any other five-letter Bible boys' names that have an I and an A in them? And the I and the A we did by complete accident. Yes, that was that not. Was not and, and honestly, if we the five-letter thing, we sort of fell into that, like because right. someone else, whenever I hadn't announced Micah's name, and someone else said, "I think that," and they just like threw this thing out there of that we had five-letter Bible names, and I was like, "Oh." Yes, we do. So, so that kind of became a thing. I guess mine is a five-letter Bible name too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I know. And so you're because you now your middle name is Thomas after your dad, and that does not is not a three syllable. But both of your names are Bible right. names as well. So, just kind of, I just the whole thing it was just like you see God's hand in it. But okay, back to the adoption day, um, Jesse, just. Talk to us about just kind of leading up to that day and how it felt for you. Really surreal. I mean, you know, thinking back, we, we've been talking about foster care and adoption even back when we were in Kansas. I mean, we kicked it around and I quickly shot it down mm-hmm. because it was an uncomfortable situation. Mm-hmm. And it was not something that I felt that we were being led to do. And I'm interrupting you, but do you remember the first time that I went to South Africa? Yes. And do you remember that I met these children, little mm-hmm. children who had very high medical needs? Mm-hmm. And and remember that even at that point, there was a conversation of adoption because these children needed families. Mm-hmm. And, and we were both just like, I think I had really had a heart for adoption, but I not the high medical needs that was never on my radar. And so I just feel like you look back and you see God planting so many seeds. Okay, mm-hmm. keep going. Sorry. Well, and the, I mean, if you want to go back and go back even further with my medical complexities and, and medical issues that I had kind of gave me a heart for children with similar kind of issues. Because um, you were also born at 27 weeks, like he was born at 27 right. weeks. That's what we had fallen into with wanting, being able to care for these uh, children that are in need of care. And because I'd always looked back at my parents and thought, you know, man, to go what they went through when I had my issues uh, growing up, had they had to be really strong. Mm-hmm. And it was neat to be able to kind of take that burden on and carry that burden for these other children that we have um, taken care of. And it's just interesting how, you know, we never sought this. This was never, we went into foster care knowing that adoption is always a possibility, but that's not at all the goal. Right. And I think we were open. I think there was a part of us, you know, at the back of our mind thinking, well, we're probably going to open up our home to a lot of children. Mm-hmm. And at some point we might be adopting. But when David came to us, that was never, mm-hmm. never on our radar. Um, we no, were, our, our main goal was always family reunification. Yes. And then pretty quickly into his case, we realized that, <sighs> my guess, <son, laughs> 
Um, he's getting a good sleep here. Uh, he could sleep through anything. Um, so pretty quickly in his case, we realized that reunification was not going to be happening. Right. His mom, she very strongly, I remember, I think it was maybe three weeks in, we had what's called a um, child and family team meeting where everybody who's involved in the case is on a Zoom call. And I remember his mom saying through the interpreter, I am looking for a family who can adopt him because mm-hmm. I can't take care of him. And she was very confident in that decision, not because she doesn't love him. She loves him dearly. Um, the first time that I met her, she hadn't seen him for a little while because he had been, he had, you know, gotten into DCS custody and he was then in our home and she just wept and wept and wept. And I have these beautiful videos and pictures of her holding him and playing with him and, and just loving him so much. She loves him so deeply. And she Mm -hmm. texts me very regularly and just is checking in on him and wants to know how he's doing. And so it was nothing to do with that. She didn't care deeply about him. It was just that she knew her limitations with her very complex situation and then his very complex needs that she there was just no way that she could care for him. And in fact, I don't know that we've said this on the podcast, but whenever he was released from the NICU because he was born at 27 weeks, he wasn't released to her because she didn't feel comfortable taking care of him. And so she asked a friend of hers who knew a little bit of English, who had a driver's license and who had a little bit more stability in her life for this friend to take him. And it was the hope that this friend was going to be able to adopt him. Right. But then the friend, it was just way too overwhelming for her as well. And she just was, you know, she loved him very dearly also. Mm -hmm. And we've kept up with her and built a sweet relationship with her and she checks on in on him regularly. But she wasn't able to get him to many of his appointments. So he missed a lot of appointments, which then meant that he ended up having a lot of medical complications because things were missed. There was a surgery that was missed. Um, and then she couldn't understand because of the language barrier, how she was supposed to be feeding him. And so he it's was very, very complex care that he was needing. And yes, the, the, arrangement that that he was in just was not adequate to make the care that he needed. Yes. And so from the get-go, he was so loved. Mm-hmm. And that's what I always feel like he, there was never a time when he wasn't loved. There was just because of all of these layers of so many things that a lot of us, we can't even comprehend because we haven't walked in those shoes. There was just an inability to be able to care for him well. And mm-hmm. they, and they recognized that, and that's why she ended up voluntarily giving him up, even though this friend, even though that broke her heart. Mm-hmm. I remember I was able to text with her right after um, he came into our home, and um, I was asking her some questions about his care and his medical stuff, because there was a lot of unknowns at that point. And she told me the first text that she told me, she was so relieved. It's very broken English, but I could make it out that she was so relieved that she had heard from me and that he was okay because she had been up all the night before, so worried about him and crying and just so scared for him. And I just feel like God prepared us in a sense because three months before we had said goodbye to Champ and we had grieved deeply 
that loss of having him in our lives. And so David had been with her for close to five months and she had loved him as though he were her own son. And then she had to give him up. And so I just had such a heart for her and what the loss was like for her. And so we've been Mm -hmm. able to love her and build a relationship with her as well. This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. One thing that was beautiful, even early on, and this was kind of because of a misunderstanding on, on his mom's part. She said, thank you for adopting my son. Mm-hmm. And this is when we were early on in the foster care process, but in her mind, we were adopting him. Mm-hmm. In fact, the very first time that we met her, you and I were together and this, she didn't understand foster care because in Guatemala, he's from Guatemala Um, He was born in the U.S., but he's originally from Guatemala, and she didn't understand foster care because they don't have it there, and they only have adoption. And so they tried to explain to her through an interpreter what it was, and she really didn't understand. She just assumed that we were adopting him. And so she talked and asked a lot of questions to the interpreter to ask of us and to ask of the caseworker, and then it was like she felt very settled about mm-hmm. the whole thing. And so she she spoke to him in Spanish and she talked to him. She looked right into his eyes and then she turned to us and she takes him and she's holding him out and she points to me and she introduces me as mama and she introduces Jesse as papa and she tells him that we are his new parents. And it was just this very emotional moment of her just like handing her son saying like, you could just tell it was like, this is the best that I can do. And, and I love you so much. And I love you this much that I'm going to, you know, put you in care of this other family. And it was just like so emotional for me. And so I think leading up to the adoption, there was just a lot of emotions that Mm -hmm. came out of left field for me of just 
feeling the weight of what this meant and just the excitement and the joy that he gets to be in our family for forever, but then also knowing that he has this mama and siblings who love him so much that can't have him in their home because of so many layers of complexities. And so I think it just opened up my eyes to a lot of things. I feel like I have such a passion for birth parents and just wanting to love her well and do everything that we can to continue the relationship with her. So that's a and, long backstory. And but. That, is, that is why, though, we decided to maintain his middle name of Mateo mm-hmm. to honor her and that heritage. And also, like what you were saying, as far as the the David uh, name following the, um, I guess, protocol that <laughs> we've haphazardly established, um, but Mateo does as well. And because Mateo means Matthew. Mm-hmm. And it's three syllables. So mm-hmm. we just felt like that was a really... Now, in, initially, it would be David Mateo, but we, everyone in all of the medical places that we were taking him right away, they were calling him David. And so we just decided once we knew that he was going to be in an English-speaking home, that so that for less confusion for him, we would just stick with David. Although occasionally we call him David Mateo <laughs> just yep. for fun. Um <laughs> And so they would also, other people would also call Mateo first instead of David. And well, in uh, the Guatemalan culture, it seems like that was, it was his mom would interchange. Interchange. She would call him David. She called him Mateo and his little sisters would call him Mateo. Um, And so anyway, yes, we wanted to keep his name. I know a lot of times people will change names and I understand reasonings for doing that for us. We just wanted to, keep the name because it was very special to us, but also just to really honor his mom. And someday I hope for him to understand, like, this is your mom named you this name. And this is a really special name. And it means beloved gift of God. Like it could not be a more perfect name for him. Mm-hmm. But the adoption ceremony, it's its hard to even describe in words. So we had said yes to the December 22nd date because it was the soonest one that was offered to us. And, we wanted to get it done before the new year. And also because it sounded like it was going to be this really special event, which it ended up being. It was, from what we understand, I didn't actually count all the things, but 20 children were being adopted. It's kind of this end of year Christmas adoption celebration that they do at this courthouse every single year with this one judge and this one attorney. And we look back and we see how one of my friends, they had adopted through foster care and she said they had this great attorney and she had connected me with her. And because of that, because this is this is this attorney's kind of adoption ceremony that she does at the end of the year, that's why we got invited to be part of it. Mm-hmm. And it was really special because they had balloons and they had um, all of the judge and all of the people in the court and you know all their names, but anyway, all their exact titles, but they were all dressed very festively. And that caught me off guard. That really caught me off guard. (laughs) And it was just everyone who was at the courthouse was there that we saw. We didn't see anyone who wasn't there for Mm -hmm. this adoption ceremony. So that made it really special as well. And um, to just be a part of this day. 
And when we got there, then they um, had this man who he had written this song for families, for a family who had adopted from foster care. They asked him if he would come and he sang that over all of the children and the parents. And it was just beautiful. If you want to see clips of it, if you go to my Instagram, the money saving mom on Instagram, I have a highlight Um, which is a little circle at the top of my account that says adoption day. And I have lots and lots of pictures, but I have some little clips from the song. And it was just a beautiful way to start the day. It was about love is stronger than blood, I believe. And just David was sitting there on your lap, just watching him sing and kind of talking along and singing along. And I just it was everything that I could do to hold it together. Cause I was like, I cannot fall apart at this point. We still have so much more left for this day. Um, but that was really sweet. And then it was also really special because so many of our friends came, even though it was December 22nd, right before Christmas, early in the morning, far away, um, because it was in a different County than we live in. They came and they were there with us. And that just made it really special to just kind of mark that moment. <laughs> the actual adoption was pretty cut and dry. It was just kind of the normal, you know, things. Although the judge did ask each of our kids to introduce themselves and he kind of asked some questions of our kids, which was really special. And then we all went up to the front and got pictures. And um, it was just this kind of surreal. I mean, it went by very quickly. The other funny thing that was unexpected was that um, the news channel five was there and um, we didn't know that. But when we got there, they said, if you wanted, you, you were okay with being on video to sign the release. And so we did. Well, then they came and they asked if I would be willing to do an interview. And so right before we walked into the adoption for David, I got interviewed and then they ended up taking clips from that interview plus clips from our adoption when we were in the courtroom and used it as part of their story. And so I feel like that's just really special to Mm -hmm. have this news story that was done that has part of his story in it and you get to see in the courtroom and you just get to see about the whole day. That is also on my Instagram highlight if you'd like to go and view that as well, because it just really encapsulates the whole day. I think one of the most special moments for me, in addition to the man who sang over us at the beginning, and then standing up at the front with all of these friends who, you know, we moved to Tennessee in 2014, not really knowing hardly anyone, and to have this whole community of people there. And then a lot of people who couldn't be there, but who did things from afar or who just were praying and there in spirit with us. That was really special. But then as soon as we walked out, one of my friends, um, she is fluent in Spanish. Um, she's actually a court interpreter. She was going to come. She's adopted two children. And she wanted her children to be able to come and see an adoption. And so she asked if that was okay because they were young when they were adopted and don't remember it. And so they've been asking lots of questions. And so it was special to have them there. But I asked her if she would pray over David and pray for his mom. And I feel like that was just one of these really, really beautiful moments to walk out of the courthouse or out of the courtroom and then to just gather around and to pray and to pray for her. And I just wanted to mark the moment and I wanted to remember her because I think 
you know, it'd be easy for us to just be like, celebrate, let's go take pictures. But to just think like, my heart is hurting for her. My heart will always hurt for her. And I want, even though she wasn't there, I sent her lots of pictures. She wasn't there, but to be able to pray for her as a group and to pray for him and in Spanish. And so that was, it was just a really, really beautiful moment. And we have some pictures of that, um, that you can see on Instagram if you're interested. And then after that, we went outside, we took pictures um, we had a professional photographer come, which I'm so grateful. We got some really great pictures. Um, I will say that we waited quite a while, quite a bit longer than we thought, which is probably typical with court, uh, to get into the courtroom. And so by the time we got outside to take pictures, it was cold, it was but cold. also <laughs> David was done. Like he was like, it is my nap time. It is an hour past my nap time and I am tired. So Somehow, some way, the professional photographer got some really great shots. I was thinking, there's no way there's going to be anything because he was just like, I am not going to cooperate. I have done my thing today and I am done. But she got these beautiful candid shots. Mm -hmm. and um, She did a really good job. It was amazing and really special and that really captured his personality. And so just, I'm grateful for, I feel like all of the things, so many of my friends who have adopted, I asked them for wisdom for like, what are the things that they wish they would have done or things that they're so glad that they did. And so we were able to incorporate that into the day and it was just really, really special. And we're just still, I think there's that kind of shock factor of like, he's our son. Mm-hmm. Like he's our son. Every time I say that, every time I write that, I'm like, he's our son. I just, we're so grateful and so humbled and just look back at the faithfulness and the goodness of God these last 21 months and just the gift of him in our life. And so thankful for all that God has taught us through him all that we have grown and we just look forward with anticipation to the future of what God has for his life, for our lives, for our story. We could have never written this story. We could have never imagined this story, but it's so much better. And I think it's just such a testament to God who does exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.